Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Wednesday in the Word. I am honored to have you be a part of our virtual audience. I'm Anthony Moore, and I serve as the senior pastor of Carolina Church. Thank you for being present with us on today during your lunch hour. I've been working on a series uh, tackling a subject um, regarding the mind, and um, I want to continue. Um, this is part four of our series, and I want to continue moving forth in that vein of how do we make our minds mind? How do we make our mind mind? The question that's staring us in the face, it's the question that is hitting us right square in the face is how do we make our mind mind? I suggest, however, that before we wrestled with the how, that we should tackle the why. Why must we manage our mind? Why must we make our minds mind? I believe you all understanding the why will inspire us to do the work that will give us lasting results. So why must I manage my mind? One, because my thoughts control my life. That's number one, because my thoughts control my life. According to Proverbs 4.23, the Good News translation, it says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. The power of your mind has tremendous ability to shape your life for good or for bad. Why must I manage my mind? Why must I manage my mind? Secondly, because my mind is the battleground for sin. My mind's the battleground for sin. Why must I manage my mind? Number one, because my thoughts control my life. Number two, because my mind is the battleground for sin. All temptation happens in the mind. In Romans chapter seven, right around verse 22 and verse 23, Paul tells us that there is a battle going on in our mind, and that battle is happening 24-7. The reason there is a battle with the devil for your mind is because the devil knows that your mind is the doorway to your life. So he's fighting for prominence in your life. The competing forces for your mind are Satan, the world, the culture, and God. Because your mind is your greatest asset, and whoever has your mind has you. So here we go again. Why must I manage my mind? One, because my thoughts control my life. Two, because my mind is the battleground for sin. But thirdly, because it's the key to peace and happiness. Romans chapter 8, verse 6, New Living Translation says it like this, if your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. God is far more interested in changing our minds than he is in changing our circumstances. Your thoughts are not uncontrollable. Your thoughts are controllable. 
The only person who can control your thoughts is you. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5 um, is what will help us to understand that process. So now listen, Pastor, how do I manage my mind? There are at least three choices we have that we can make on a daily basis. Now we just finished with the why, why, why? Because my thoughts control my life. Why? Because my mind is the battleground for sin. Why? Because it's the key to peace and happiness. But now we're going to deal with the how, how pastor, how I need to focus on the how, how can I manage my mind? There are at least three choices that we have to make on a daily basis. Three, three, three choices that we have to make on a daily basis. Number one, feed my mind. Number two, free my mind. And number three is focus my mind. Now, in order to mind my mind, I have to make some choices and the Bible shows that there are three choices for a healthy mind. I have to feed my mind. I have to free my mind and I have to focus my mind. These are all choices that I have to make and I have to choose these choices daily, not just once in my life. But these choices have to be made on a daily basis. Listen, let me also add this, that the choices that we just talked about needs to be in that order. It has to be in that order. If I'm going to mind my mind, if I'm going to manage my mind, it has to be in that order. I have to first feed my mind. As a result of the feeding of the mind, I now get to free my mind which now gives me the tools needed to focus my mind. It has to be in that order. Okay, let's unpack this, y'all. Let's unpack this. And let's see what the Bible says about these three choices. First, if I'm going to have a healthy mind, I must feed my mind with truth. Please go ahead and log that in for me if you don't mind. Put this in your notes. If I'm going, if I'm going to manage my mind, if I'm going to mind my mind, I must feed my mind with truth. I have to feed my mind with truth. Let's establish on the front end of this lesson on today that you might not know the truth. Let's go ahead and establish that. You might not know the truth. Let's further establish on the front end of this lesson that you may not be operating in truth. In Proverbs chapter 14, Proverbs 14, verse 12, the ESV version, it says this, there is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way to death. Uh, I like also how the New International Version says it. Here it is, you all, the New International Version says it this way, there is a way that appears to be right. But in the end, it leads to death. In other words, we may have been deceived 
In the, in the words of one of our great leaders, Malcolm X, the African-American Muslim civil rights activist, you all, his, in his words, he says, you've been had, you've been took, you've been hoodwinked, you've been bamboozled, led astray, run amok. I'm sorry, you all, there's a way that appears to be right. It seems logical. Everyone in our culture is doing it. It gets rave reviews on social media, but that doesn't make it truth. It doesn't make it truth. I have to feed my mind with truth. So here's what I believe you all. This is what I believe. People make the best decisions when they have the best information. I, I do believe that with all my heart, people make the best decisions when they have the best information. You can be a good person, but if you don't have the right information, you're going to make a wrong decision. You can be a good person, but if you don't have the best information, you're going to make a bad decision. The same is true for me being a part of God's family. I need the best information to live the best life that God wants you to live. I gotta have the best information that God wants me to have in order that I might live the best life that God wants me to live. Um, the best information is in God's word and it's called the truth. The best information is in God's word and it's called the truth. In John chapter eight, verse 32, John chapter eight, verse 32 in the NIV version, it says this, it says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So God's word is the truth. Let's go ahead and put that in your notes. I need you to hold on to that. God's word is the truth. God's word is the truth. In um, Proverbs 15, verse 14, here's how it reads in the New Living Translation. It says, a wise person is hungry for knowledge while the food feeds on trash. So as I see it, you have two choices. As I see it, you all, we have two choices. You can either feed on truth or feed on trash. Whatever you fill your mind with, it's what's going to come out. Garbage in, garbage out. Truth in, truth out. Proverbs tells us that if you want to be wise, we have to feed on truth every day. We, we can't always change our situation but we can always change our perspective. P please get this, you all. If, if, I, if I take and shift what's coming into my mind and I make it truth, I come to the conclusion that I can't always change my situation, but based on the truth that I now have, I can change my perspective. We can't always change our situation, but we can always change our perspective. It's common knowledge 
that our diets directly affect the health and workings of our bodies. That's common knowledge. It, it, our diets uh, directly affect the health and working of our bodies. An athlete who trains for a big event like a marathon or a weightlifting or bodybuilders kind of competition, they know the importance of eating proper foods that's going to give them the energy and the nutrients needed to complete their task. Okay, you can't identify with um, with the athlete or the or the or the trainer. But how about this one, you all? When a mother is pregnant, she understands the importance of eating healthy foods and taking prenatal vitamins so that her unborn child will grow strong. Now, if the athlete were to eat junk food. Or if the mother were to drink alcoholic beverages or take drugs, it could do harm to either of their bodies, not to mention the body of the unborn child. There is an, a parallel to this concept in our thought lives. Rather than filling our minds with junk or negativities, we've got to feed our minds with truth. What you feed your mind will determine the health of your emotional and spiritual state. What you feed your mind will determine the health of your emotional and your spiritual state. It was Matthew, Matthew chapter four, um, right around verse four that says people need more than bread for their life. They must feed on every word of God. Ooh, man. Y'all, Matthew chapter 4, it makes it so clear for us. Jesus says people need more than bread for their life. They must feed on every word of God. The King James Version says it like this. Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In other words, you all, the Bible, the word of God is our soul food. It's the owner's manual for our lives. Hey, hey, pastor, let me ask you, when should I feed my mind with truth? When should I do that, pastor? Here's the answer. Daily. Daily. You, you ought to do it all the time. You ought to be intentional in feeding your mind the truth of God's word. In nutrition, uh, we're told that many meals, many, M-I-N-I, not M-A-N-Y, but many meals are better for the body. It can aid in satisfying the appetite stabilizes blood sugar levels and provides nutrients to the body throughout the day. Smaller, more frequent meals in your daily eating pattern can also aid in a more efficient metabolism compared to a slower metabolism when meals are skipped. Well, guess what? The same is true with the truth of God's word. If we're getting small bites of God's word, it will aid tremendously in renewing or transforming our minds. David tells us in Psalms 119 verse 147, Psalms 119 verse 
147. I want to hang out here in Psalms 119 um, for just a few moments. If you look there in Psalms 119, verse 147, here's what it says. I rise early before the sun is up. I'm trying to, I'm trying to chase this idea that we ought to do this daily. Look, look at this in verse, in verse um, 147 of Psalm 119. I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help and put my hope in your words. Wow. Now, when you look at the word to cry out, that's prayer. Just go ahead and hang prayer right there. That's, that, that's prayer. To cry out is prayer. But then he says to put my hope in your words. Well, in my estimation, you all, that's Bible study. In other words, here's what David is telling us. David is telling the Lord that it is his practice to start out early every morning talking to him and meditating on his word. David said that he looks for the hope in his word. The word of God contains over 7,000 promises from God, over 7,000 promises from God. And if you want to have your mind renewed, may I suggest that you ought to start with digesting the promises of God. If you're feeling hopeless about your situation, why not start with reading and meditating on the promises of God? David said, I, I start my day by putting my hope in his word. Let me ask you, let me ask you, let me ask you, are you starting your day with hope or are you starting it in despair? Okay. Um, do me a favor. Look at verse 97 in Psalm 119. I'm dealing with this whole idea about daily and how we ought to be feeding our minds with the truth of God. Watch what Psalms 119 verse 97 says. Oh, how I love your instructions. Yeah, right there. Put, just put the word, word, the word, that's word. Oh, how I love your word, God. I think about it all day long. I think about it all day long, all day long. Now, do me a favor. Keep your finger at 119, Psalm 119. Flip over, if you don't mind, to Psalms 16. I want you to look at Psalm 16, verse 7. In Psalm 16, verse 7, and I'm going to read it to you from the um, contemporary English version. Here's what it says. David writes, I praise you, Lord, for being my God. Even in the darkest night, your teachings fill my mind. Now, I, I lift these passages to show you a pattern in the life of David. He says, watch what he says. He says in the first passage I showed you early in the morning. Then in the next passage, he says, all through the day. But then this last one I showed you, he said, even late at night. He's thinking about God's truth, which is why David, by the way, is considered to be a man after God's own heart. David was so serious about feeding his mind with God's word that even when there were multiple attempts to take his life, he stayed focused on the truth of God's word. David spent a large part of his life running for his life. 
He spent close to 13 years running from Saul, who was the king of Israel. King Saul had decided that he would eliminate David because he wrongly viewed him as a threat to his dynasty. In addition to running from Saul, David also spent part of his life running from his own son. He spent part of his life running for his life because his own son Absalom sought to kill him in order to assume the throne of David. Y'all, David had been king for at least 40 years when this happened. David was viewed at one point as a fugitive. But check out what David says in, in um, um, verse 95 of Psalm 119. Psalm, Psalm 119, look at verse, verse 95. I had you to have you keep your finger there. Look, look, at, look at verse 95 of Psalm 119. Here's what it says. Though the wicked hide along the way to kill me, I will quietly keep my mind on your laws. I will quietly keep my mind on your word. I will quietly keep my mind on the truth of God's word. David is telling us he doesn't care about what's happening in his life, morning, noon, or night, even in the face of death. He says, I'm going to keep my mind on the truth of God's word. Um, yo, this, this, this is called minding your mind, minding your mind. You, you have to feed your mind daily with truth. And listen, let me ask you, are, are you ready to start feeding your mind with the truth of God's word, but not quite sure how to get started? Y'all, there are countless practical ways to feed on the truth of God's word. But let me give you a few to get you started. I want to give you a few ideas to get you started um, because I want you to start feeding your mind with the truth of God's word. The Bible, I, listen, this is what we can do. Number one, if we're going to start feeding our minds with the truth of God's word, number one, read the Bible regularly. Read the Bible regularly. I recommend that you get you a, um, an NIV um, uh, application study Bible or get you the New Living Translation, NLT, um, Application Study Bible. But read the Bible regularly. Um, two, how about listen to God's Word? You can do that through sermons, through podcasts, through audio Bible and devotionals. You, you can do that. So, so you, you, can, you, can, you can start listening to God's Word, listening to God's Word. But then here's the third one. How about memorize Scripture? Start memorizing scripture. Here's another way. Meditate on scripture. Or you can join a Bible study or a small group um, and, and start feeding your mind with the truth of God's word. Here's my last one. Listen to praise and worship music. Now, I need you to note this. I want you to note this. If you're feeling overwhelmed at the thought of change, I want you to be patient with yourself. Just like it takes time and determination to improve our physical condition, our spiritual maturity doesn't happen overnight. I want you to ask God and other Christians to assist you with your spiritual development and accountability. You have to be held accountable for it. 
Now, I, I did my best to unpack for you, um, uh, feed your minds with the truth of God's word. Let's, 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 let me give you um, the, the, the introduction for, for few, on, on the second one. Uh, I have to feed my mind with the truth of God's word. But then secondly, I must free my mind from destructive thoughts, from destructive thoughts. I've got to free my mind from destructive thoughts. Our minds need to be liberated. Our minds need to be delivered. Our minds need to be released. Now, remember I told you, I've got to feed my mind with the truth of God's word first, but then I have to free my mind from destructive thoughts. Our minds need to be liberated, and I can't do that if I don't have the correct information in the mind. So I've got to feed my mind with the truth first, because my mind needs to be liberated and I can't get it liberated. I can't get my mind delivered. I can't get my mind released until I in fact have the truth of God inside of me. Got to have the truth of God inside of me. See, our minds need to be released. You are a prisoner of your own thoughts. You become a prisoner because of the things people told you, whether they were true or not. If you believed it, whether it's true or not, it has impacted your life tremendously. The problem is not just the fact that they planted the seed in the soil of your soul. No, no, no. The problem is not that they just, that the fact that they planted the seed in the soil of your soul. The problem is not just the fact that they planted the seed in the soil of your soul. But the fact that you watered the seed and allowed it to grow is what make you a prisoner to your own thoughts. We have to free our minds from destructive thoughts. Let me, let me, let me, let me be the first to acknowledge that this is not easy by any stretch of the imagination. What makes this so difficult is the fact that we have three enemies attempting to keep us from being delivered in our minds. These enemies are those things that keeps us from fulfilling all of our good intentions. All of those good intentions about things that you would like to change in your life. Those things that you boldly declared, I'm going to change this. I'm going to change that. I'm going to change this. And it never ever happens. Why? Because you have three enemies in your mind that are battling in your brain to keep you from doing all your best intentions that you declared you were going to do. Now, these three things are not going to give up ground easy. You're going to have to fight to free your mind. Three enemies that battle against the truth and your best intentions are, number one, first, there is your old nature, your old nature, your old nature. Second, it's Satan. And then third, 
It's the world's values. These are the three forces that we have to battle with in order to free our minds. Let's, let's deal with this, you all. Stay tuned to next week. Our time is up. I appreciate yours. Thank you so very much for giving me your undivided attention. Um, I'm going to come back and begin to unpack um, the three enemies that literally keeps us from, 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 from having our minds liberated and freed. Uh, old nature, Satan, and the world's values are enemies to our minds.